celebrating. But what I want to talk to you about today is about, this is very important, guys. And I want to emphasize why we are doing the 30 days of prayer. All right? Because I know some of, a lot of people are like, why are you doing this? Why are you wasting your time, you know? And to start with, I want to thank everybody that is stretching yourself to make the time to be here. If it's 6.30 in the morning, I know that's a stretch. If it's at lunchtime, I know that's a stretch. If it's in the evening, I know that's a stretch. But you've got to understand something. We're in some hard times. We're in the end times. All right? And, I, you know, I'm not a preacher that preaches condemnation and fear, but this is the very truth of the time that we live in. When you understand what's happening, the prophecies that are coming to pass, the things that are unfolding really at a rapid pace, we are in the end times, which means that at any time, just like that, Jesus could come back, and we need to make sure that we have found our way. Right? That's not to scare anybody, because come on, you can't, you can't threaten a Christian with death, because look, where's he going? He's going to heaven, right? Amen. It's not, it's not meant to be that. But I just want you to understand the times that we're in. And, 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 and this, this leads me to talking about the 30 days of prayer. Because I was blown away last week by a gentleman. We were having a conversation about the prayer. And he was like, he was like why do you waste your time with this? And I'm like, What? And he was like, why are you wasting your time? He said, whatever God wants to happen is going to happen. And that just blew me away. That just blew me away. That's not the case. That we have a part to play. All right? We have a very, very... I mean, it made me wonder how many people really feel like they don't have a part to play. All right? Listen, I want to encourage you. You have a part to play. Now, we're doing 30 days of prayer... For a lot of reasons, not first and foremost, because God told us to do the 30 days of prayer, right? And how many of you know it's important to obey God, and that's what we're doing, right? And then the second reason we're doing that is we're doing uh, 30 days of prayer because there's power in prayer. But I want to show you something. Doc, if you'll put that slide up for me. This was on, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday. Now, these statistics, every day we have a prayer point, all right? Now, these statistics are very well researched. This comes from the Billy Graham Evangelical Association. So you know they do their homework, right? Because if you just talk about Jesus and you talk about an evangelist, the first person that comes to mind is Billy Graham. The man has gotten more people saved than there are grains of salt on the, on the beaches in, in Panama City, right? He has just, that's what his death, that's what his, that was his legacy, right? So this is, these, are, these are statistics, and you guys know I love statistics. These are statistics that we can trust, but I want you to read this. I want you to read this. It says 70% of Americans oppose legislation that would guarantee religious freedom and freedom of conscience. Now let that sink in for a minute. Let me read it again. 70% of Americans oppose legislation that would guarantee religious freedom and freedom of conscience. Now freedom of conscience is just the freedom to choose. Right? So we have 70% of people in the very nation that we live in who could care less whether we have the right to come and worship our God. 70% of the people in our nation who could care less if we lose the right to worship our God. So 70% of the people who could care less if we have the right to choose. Right? I'll just let the government tell me what I need to do. Let the government tell me the, the, what, what church I need to go to. Guys, that's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. This is the very state of the nation we live in right now. Now listen, there has been a move for a very long time 
to, and I've shared this with you guys, to, for a com, to, to bring a communist, socialist uh, society into this one free nation that's left in the world because we're the only true one free nation blessed under God that God called to be free for a reason. Right? But there's been a move. Evil has been trying to move this socialistic mindset into America for a long time. And this goes all the way back. You can, I've studied this many times. You can go all the way back into the 50s and 40s and 50s. And there's a lot of, a lot of underlying things that this, this plan has been in effect for a long time. And it's been, has been happening underneath our noses. And it started, the biggest impact was when we removed God from school. When we took God out of school, what happened was you have generations of kids that grow up not understanding who their source is, not understanding anything about God. They only understand what the government says that they need to be taught. Amen. Right? Now, I'm just telling you the simple truth. Now, you guys know I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so don't don't be sitting there thinking that I don't fall into that. I know what facts are, and I study things out, and I take the time to research it, and I encourage you to do this too, because if you study it out, you'll find out what I'm telling you is very true. But we've been trying to do this for a long time. And, 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 and let me tell you something. You know, Michelle and I have been working in Ukraine since uh, 2010 when we first started going over. And I mean, those of you that don't know much about history, because unfortunately we don't teach history in schools anymore, another reason, because we don't want people to understand where we've been and what we've done. All right? We want to act like it didn't happen. You can't rewrite history. You teach history so that we don't repeat the same mistakes that we had. Come on. And... But we've been working in Ukraine, and those of you who don't know, Ukraine broke away from Russia, right? And we've, we've been working there and, and been a very, very significant presence there and, and know a lot of people there. And, of course, Ben grew up there. He was a missionary there. And, and his parents were, and he, he grew up in there. But they broke away. So they were a part of this communist socialist society. And now they broke away, and they're trying to change that because they knew where they were headed with that, right? And, you know, sometimes when you, when, you, when you need a perspective on what's happening around you, sometimes you've got to let somebody that's on the outside looking in tell you some things. And I remember one, in 2010, I was flying back from Ukraine. I was by myself, and there was about 20 people on the plane, and that's not many for an international flight. So they asked us, they said, you know, we'll give you miles and this and that and other if you'll allow us to go into Russia and fill the plane up, and we'll fly on back to New York. And so, well, sure, yeah, you know, we get another stamp on our passport, and, you know, we'll do that. So it was great. We fly in, and we get there, and that's a whole other story. But when we get there, one of the things I want to talk to you about is I was sitting there in the airport waiting, and I look very American, guys. I had my boots on, my car hearts. I mean, come on, you don't see boots and car hearts in Russia. And I looked very, I looked very American. It was obvious. And I'm sitting there, and then I saw this big, big, he looked like a mob boss, kind of like Sasha with a suit on, you know? <laughs> but he was looking at me, this Russian guy, and I'm like, uh-oh, you know, what's going on here, you know? Because I don't speak Russian, I know a little, I know enough to survive. And so he's walking over, and he looks as, as tense as I look, you know, because we don't really know what's happening here. And so he's walking up, and I realize he's just wanting to talk to me, but he walks up to me, and he stands right in front of me, and he goes, stupid American. And I'm like, okay, this is either going to go really bad, probably bad, you know, all right? But that wasn't the case. You've got to understand their language. They don't use the adjectives and all that they use, and he had broken English too. But he was a businessman, 
And this man told me, and this was in 2010, guys, Trump wasn't in office. There was already things happening within our own nation to cause us to lose the rights and the freedoms that we have. And so he tells me, he says, <laughs> through broken English, and he's so passionate, I'll never forget this. He was like, what are you guys doing? You're allowing this to happen. And he goes in, don't you realize we've been down this road? You can't allow those freedoms to disappear. And he's crying at this point. And he says, guys, you've got to tell them to stop, to stand up. Because he said, and I'll never, he said, we look to you for our hope. We want to be what you guys are. And he's crying. And I'm sitting there going, blown away. Me and there was another lady there that was from America with me. And we were just looking at each other because we were blown away. He said, we've been down this road, guys. You need to stand up for your freedoms. Stand up. Guys, and this is what, this is, this, our freedoms, and I'm not talking about, in the natural, our freedoms have been under attack. And we've been, we've been letting them slip and letting them slip and letting them slip. And this is coming from somebody way across the, the world that can see it's not here listening to our every little political arguments and this, that, and other. There wasn't the, the, the social presence, the social media presence that, that there is today. But he's sitting on the outside looking in and, he's, and he, what he's seeing. And he's so passionate because their dream is to one day to have freedoms and to be free like we are. To have a capitalistic society like we have where they can go and make money. Because you've got to understand something. A socialistic society doesn't line up with God. God's plan is He wants to lead you by the Spirit, right? Now, we have to have government to keep the chaos out. That's the purpose for law and order. And there's a balance with all of that. You understand that, right? But God didn't want you to call to be here for Him to lead you into something and then a government tell you you can't do it. See, it doesn't line up. It doesn't line up. God wants to lead you into what He wants you to do. He wants you to be Spirit-led. See Him as your source, not your government as the source. Come on, just like your job's not your source. Your God is your source. Your job is your blessing from God to walk out the plan He has for your life. Right? Listen, it's very important that we continue to pray for this election. Because we need the godly candidate elected. Because there's so much writing. And it's not about two people. It's about the policies. You know, I'll never get into telling you what to, how to vote. That's between you and God. And when you get in there, you vote how you need to vote, right? But let me tell you something. We can put the wrong person in offices. Amen? We can. I mean, as a matter of fact, the wrong person can get elected and there's nothing God can do about it. Come on. Did you realize that? Think about the children of Israel. Think about it. 1 Samuel 8. I'm going to read this out of the New Living because when I read this, this really, when you, when you see this, guys, this ties to the times we're in right now in our very nation. 1 Samuel chapter 8. I mean, this sounds so close, so similar to where we are because there's been a falling away from God. You know, every pastor I talk to, He's talking about how the struggles of getting people to turn back to God, to get back on fire for God. But see, we've turned away from Him. And we wonder why our world and our nation is in the state that it's in. It's because we're not, we're not all wholeheartedly serving our source. We're serving the world and what we feel like we can do and what we can accomplish in our own strength. And I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. I'm just talking about people in general. But it's time for the body of Christ to stand up and it's time for the body of Christ to, ch- to change, right? And it starts with this election because so much is riding on it. 
all the way back on who gets in our places. And, and, and the, we need the people that will stand up for us and stand up for God. Because, guys, if we lose that, our freedoms are going to slowly start to fall. Now, I, won't, I don't think it'll slowly happen. They're going to, they're going to start falling really quick. They'll start falling really quick. All right. 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 1, it says, As Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons to be judges over Israel. Joah, and who can pronounce that? His oldest son held court in Bathsheba. But they were not like their father, for they were greedy for money. They accepted bribes and perverted justice. Finally, all the elders of Israel met at Ramah to discuss the matter with Samuel. Look, they told him, you are now old and your sons are not like you. Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. Now here they were. They said, no, we don't want God as our son. We want a king. We want a man to judge us like all the other nations have. But that wasn't God's best. But that's what they thought they needed. It's what they wanted. And then in verse 6 it says, Samuel was displeased with their request and went to the Lord for guidance. And he says, hey man, he said, what do I do? And God says, do everything they say to you, the Lord replied. For they are rejecting me, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Guys, this is the very world we live in today. We're turning our back on God. But listen, it's time for us to turn our backs around. It's time for us to stand our ground and to be strong. Verse 8 says, Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed other gods. And now they are giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask, but Solomon warned them about the way a king will reign. Listen, they wanted, they wanted, they thought they needed a king. Every other nation has a king. We need, they wanted a king. God says, I am your king. You don't want me. You turn your back on me. Then you have a king and you're going to deal with the consequences. Guys, if we elect the wrong person, if we elect the wrong person, there's going to, it doesn't matter. Fact, it doesn't matter who we elect. There's going to be consequences that come from it, good or bad. And and God, see, this is how the, the wrong person can get in office because God gave us free will to choose. We can choose God. We can choose the world. We can choose love. We can choose hate. We can choose whatever we want. Now, God, that's not God's best, but it's up to us. But anything and everything that we choose, there will be a consequence, and you're going to deal with that. I had a guy ask me last a while back. He was asking me. He said, "He said, he said, I need prayer, you know." And I was like, "What's happening?" He said, "Man, I hadn't paid taxes in three years, and they're they're about to put me in jail." I'm like, "What do you want prayer for in that situation? You need the money, or what are we praying for?" He said, "I'm not worried about the money." He said, "I just want to pray that I don't go to jail." And I'm like, "What are you talking? What kind of attitude is that?" I mean, yeah. Listen, he made the choices. He put himself in that situation. He's going to have to deal with the consequences. And listen, it doesn't mean God didn't love him. It doesn't mean that God didn't have something better for him. It doesn't mean God's not going to be with him when he rides out this whole process. He's always going to be there with us. But the point is, is there's going to be some consequences. And all that being said is we've got to get to a place where we stand up for what we believe. I've been, God's been encouraging me to challenge you guys for the past three years. We'll be three years in December. That you better know what you know and why you believe it because you're going to be challenged and that time is now. It's now. It's time for the body of Christ to stand, to understand who we are. Who we are. Because guys, there are some things that are, that are about to take place that need to line up with the will of God. Right? Need to line up with the will of God. So just like you can make choices for your life, 
And dads and moms, you can make choices for your family's life and you have consequences to deal with. The nation of the United States can make cons- will make choices based off the way democracy, the way we vote, and we're going to deal with the consequences, good or bad. Amen. It's just that simple, right? So that's why we're doing 30 days of prayer. That's why we come in here when we don't want to. Because I don't want to get up at 5 o'clock and come in here and drag in and then get in the mood to pray. Right? Because I've already prayed at home when I get up for myself and then the church and my business and business and this and this. Then I, you know, I'm praying all the time, guys. Sometimes you're tired. I understand that. But listen, if there's ever been a time to get in this house, to get serious. And listen, I understand if you can't be here because of work. I'm not, this isn't to condemn anybody for not coming. We've had good groups come. But listen, I want to encourage you. If you can't be here, you pray. Take the time to pray. This is very important. Very, very important. And I'm not the only minister that's sharing this. God has dropped this on. uh, It's a common theme across this very nation. Right? We've got to stand our ground. We've got to stand our ground. I mean, mean, so much depends on that. And listen, it's time for, we got to, you know, I wish, or my prayer is that the body of Christ would really grasp hold of who they are. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you really understand who you are, and what you walk in as being a child of God, right? Because you get benefits from the blessings and the promises in His Word. Those are yours that you can operate in and you can apply to your life by faith. And that's why God intended on you to live your life, right? You get to, when you fully understand on that, guys, we should be the most arrogant somebody's walking around. Because don't you know who we are? I mean, we are the son and daughter of the Most High, the creator of the very earth that we live in. And I wish that we, my prayer is that we get that boldness to, to proclaim Jesus, right? I mean, listen, there's some people hurting right now. They need to hear Jesus. Number one, they need, the, the times that we're in, they need to know Jesus. They don't have, we may not have time to fix every problem in your life, and you probably won't because we're going to deal with troubles until Jesus comes back. But the main thing is, is we need to get people to understand who Jesus is, is accept them as their Lord and Savior. But we need to be bold about it. Proclaim Jesus. Proclaim, because listen, the body of Christ has got to understand who they are. And how valuable you are. Every single person here, every single person, God had a plan for you. When He created you, He had a purpose for you. You've heard me say it a hundred times, but it's simply true. Jeremiah 1.5 says that He, I knew you before I formed you in the womb. Now He knew you before you took your first breath. That's how valuable you are. Now I know somebody's like, well, that's right. You know, I, I wasn't planned. I just, I, you know, my parents just got together after a party and I ended up happening. Listen, God knew you before you were created in that womb. So don't get hung up on that. See, see we always try to get hung up. The devil wants us to get hung up on technicalities. I don't care how you got here. The fact is that you're here. God knew you before in the, he created you in the womb. And when he, when he created you, he had a purpose and a plan for you. And he, the thing is, is he made you the way he made you. This is the thing that, that, that rattles everybody is they always want to be somebody else. You know, I want to be that businessman. I want to be that actor. I want to be that musician. Be who God made you. I'm going to encourage you guys. You're gifted the way that you're gifted for a reason. Now that doesn't mean that, that you don't need to adjust some things in your life. 
You know, if you're lazy, hey, work on that. Laziness isn't going to get you anywhere. If you eat a lot, hey, back away from the table. Listen, there's nothing wrong with, be, with, 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 with having some weight on you. There's a lot of people with weight on you that are healthy. But if you have a problem with it, you know that. You don't need anybody to, to tell you. You know that. Then, then adjust. Make the adjustments. But don't try to be, don't spend your life trying to be something that God didn't make you to be. Because He created you, gifted you, and he, He's given you all of this potential. Now you have an enemy out there that wants to get in your head and convince you you're nothing but a worthless piece of trash. So which one are you going to listen to? You need to kick the enemy to the curb and understand God's your source. And I'm following you no matter what this world throws at me. Glory to God. Because I'm valuable. There's lives hanging in the balance. There's people that need to hear Jesus. There's need, people that need healing. There's people that need hands laid on them. There's people that need a touch from God and they want you to be the one to deliver it. Guys, you've got to get passionate about this. You are valuable. You have got to learn to accept yourself the way God made you. Stop playing games with God. Now, I'm not saying any of you are, but I just want to encourage you. Listen, now is not the time to play games. You know, we talk about masks. There's a big debate over masks, you know. And I understand masks. You know, I wear a mask. When, when I go to where I need to wear a mask, I wear a mask. You know, respectfully so. Because I believe that if we can stop, if I, you know, there's, there's so much un. un Truths out there right now, if it helps stop it, I'll wear a mask. I don't care. I don't like it, right? I don't like it, but I'll wear a mask. But you see, masks have been a problem for the body of Christ for a long time. Because so many people want to go around and live their life the way they want to live their life, playing and yielding to the world. But then they want to come in and give God one day a week and they want to put this mask on. Come on, and then they want, then they, they expect to say one simple prayer and everything in their life to be hunky dory. Come on, it, it doesn't work that way. It's time to stop playing games. It's time to accept yourself the way God made you. But listen, it, it, you can always improve, right? But understand, God created you the way that He created you because you have an influence around you. That means people are going to listen to you. Within your, within your realm of influence, seize those opportunities to share Jesus. Right? Because, listen, the, the Great Commission is for all of us to go. To go. Now, you don't have to be the missionary in Africa like Morgan and Bangani. Right? You, you know, that's their calling. They knew that. And I thank God for them. Because it was, it, I, you just asked Morgan. It wasn't easy, was it, Morgan? No, but she trusted God. She knew that's where she was supposed to be. She took the step of faith and glory. And God has come through every single time. And He'll do the same thing for you. Because He's got a purpose for you. He's got a plan for you. Listen, you gotta, don't get hung up on, on, on thinking that you're, you're, you're not worth anything. Because so many people tend to focus on their imperfections. Now, how many perfect people are in the room? Thank God no hands went up, right? I, can, I, I was really thinking, all right, all right who's going to do this? Yeah. Listen, we're imperfect people living in an imperfect world. All of us have got imperfections. You can't get hung up on your imperfections because that's what the enemy wants you to do. Satan is going to attack you where? In your mind. 
And if he can get you believing that you're just a worthy piece of trash, you don't have the mental capacity to do anything, you can't, you can't accomplish anything in your life, all of this is going to keep you sad, insecure, feeling like you can't do anything but steal air from everybody else. Come on, if he can keep you there, you're never going to walk out the plan God has for you. But when you choose to put God first as your source, come on, and understand who you are, and walk in that light because it's a choice. You've got to choose to walk in the light of the change that happens on the inside of you when you're born again. You know, Brother Hagin used to say it all the time. He said, the funny thing is, is people will accept Jesus on Sunday, but then Monday they're right back at the liquor store or this, that, and the other, doing that and that and that, and they don't need to be doing that. They ha- and people ask, why is that? And it's because they haven't chose to walk in light of the change on the inside of them. But you've got to choose to do that. Walk in the light on the inside of you. Accept yourself just like, you, like God made you. Right? Because, listen, this room is so full of potential. And, we're, you know, we're, we're celebrating the fact that people have found their way. We're, we're, we're about to have communion. And we're going to celebrate the sacrifice that Jesus paid for all of us. Each and every one of us. And I'm going to tell you something. We were not worthy. Neil just said it. We were not, we're not worthy at this point. I don't care how much scripture you have memorized. Listen, we are imperfect people living in an imperfect world. All right? But I want to encourage you guys. Be bold. And be bold and listen. Know what you know, why you believe it, and be prepared to stand up for it. Because listen, when I talk to the the pastor friends and people that we have in California and Colorado and Oregon, guys, it's like a different country out there. One, one got arrested. He and his worship team got arrested. Arrested for singing. And they had, was an outside service. Singing. Sad. But guys, this, it, what they're going through out there, they're fighting. Fighting like you will not believe to do what we're doing right here, right now. And guys, that's only going to work this way if we don't stand up. It's only going to work this way and for long. See, right now, we don't hear a lot about it because the media, right? And I've, I've told you guys to be careful about the media. Don't get your information from the media. Remember, you break that down, study it. The media is, all that is is the media that stands for, that's a medium. And you know what the scripture says about mediums. And in between, you stay away from mediums. But listen, the media is not going to tell us all this, Right? But it's in time for us to stand up, be bold. And listen, be, when, when you feel like you need to talk to somebody about Jesus, be bold enough to talk to them about Jesus. If you need the talking to, then you pray and ask God to send somebody across your path that will answer some questions for you, and He'll do it. He'll do it. But listen, if there's any gray area in your life, as we take communion, I want to encourage you guys, get it right. Get it right. Get it right. Right? Get it right. Because listen, we gotta get, all of us have to get to a place and realize that we can't do this alone. We can't do it alone. We need each other. And most importantly, we need Jesus. Amen. Austin, come on up.